Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I am Frank, and with me, I'm sad to report, is the Earth X Nazi version of my friend Tim. Where is the rebel base? Uh, you're a funny Nazi, though. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> I was never a member of the Nazi party. Uh, oh, God. I was all the way in the back. You know what? In I... Switzerland. Uh, all I ever heard was yodeling. So you were in the back of the party, like at the punch bowl? Is that... Yodeling, hee-hoo. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. You know what I wonder? Do you think the sound of music exists on Earth X? And if it does, is it like a band movie? Um, I think it does exist, except that... It's just two minutes longer where you watch them go over the mountain and there's just a firing squad waiting for them. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so terrible. Oh, that's so terrible. My God. That's that's definitely the version of the movie that exists. My exactly God. the same except for that. It's just wow. So it just has like a Nazi happy ending. Oh, my God. Wow. That was awful. Well, (laughs) um, tell you what, the show we have tonight is is it's a good show. I think if I do say so myself, we have a pretty good show in store here. So um, we've got not only uh, four hours of content to pour over here, Mm -hmm. um, but we are about to any second now talk to friend of the show and director of the Supergirl episode uh, uh, that's part of this crossover, Larry Tang. Yes, indeed. Many, many happy returns to Larry. It's going to be great. Who, who is returning to the show. Yes, indeed. Um, for, is this third time with us now? Third time. That sounds right, right? Third I, time. Yeah, that sounds right. One a season, about. I think it has been about one a season, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. So, yep. Um, it's been, it's been. One week since you looked at me. <laughs> I deserve that. Which that is, was. Which, <laughs> which is actually valid actually which accurate. Is true i have yeah. not seen you in a week yeah that is true that is true uh yeah we talked to larry once in uh between seasons one and two and then about just about a year a little over a year ago uh for uh season two episode six changing um, oh yeah so hey yeah so it's been it's been we're, we're overdue for for a chat with larry so we're Indeed. gonna we're gonna dive into that in a little bit, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, the rest of our episode. I think for tonight uh, we're going to uh, forgo listener emails. Please keep sending them. We'll catch up. Of course, over the holidays we'll have uh, you know when the show's on hiatus, we'll, we may want to do a uh, listener mailbag episode. So keep the emails coming. SupergirlTVTalk at gmail dot com. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna have our guest of honor join us here in a minute. But before we do that. I want to say a quick thanks to everybody who supports us over patreon.com slash thought bubble audio because you guys are the lifeblood of our listener base. Uh, without you guys, we would not be able, you guys financially support us and make it possible to do this show, uh, to do Beer with Geeks, to do Academy Rewind, and to do fun things like uh, give you episodes of Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind well in advance of when the rest of the world gets them and to, and to do Supergirl TV Talk first reactions. Um, all that kind of stuff is because of you and, and is, is for you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. It's uh, always, always great to see how much people uh, want to support us. And, and, and you, you really 
it's your your contributions mean a lot to us. So thank you so much. I agree with everything Frank said. Do you? Oh, I'm glad. I do oh, I do? Because for as little as a buck, I mean, they can they can make those shows possible. So it's it's really it means a lot. Mm-hmm. Indeed, it does. Before we before we get into our interview, I just have one question for you. Do you like the crossover? I really like the way that they've done this crossover. Excellent. That's that's good to know. I didn't want to keep anybody in suspense, you know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's that seems fair. I think we'll elaborate on that now. Later. <laughs> <laughs> now, later. When will then be now? When soon. soon. Let's get to it. Let's say hi to Larry. Everyone you care about. Everyone you love. They're gonna die. Crisis on Earth X, the two-night crossover event, starts Monday, November 27th on The CW. All right, everybody, we are glad to have with us the one and only Larry Tang. Welcome back, Larry. Thank you. Happy to be back. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. How about yourself? Excellent. Awesome. Awesome, man. Listen, we have really been enjoying the hell out of the crossover, and we we have a couple questions for you. I know that our listeners have been really excited, too. So, you know, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is, what's the first thing you have to tackle when you're working on a crossover like this versus a regular episode? Like, what what are some of the differences, and how where do you begin? Well, the biggest difference is, instead of dealing with an ensemble of five or six people, now you're dealing with an ensemble of 25 to 30 people, you know, and just that the, the scheduling is, is the biggest challenge um, because we shot all four of our hours simultaneously, which was the, the craziest thing that we could ever have done. Um, but we were literally all in production at the same time. Um, you know, Fl- uh, I think Flash actually started three days before us. Um, and we and uh, Arrow, I believe, started at the same time. And then Legend started three days after us. But for the most part, you know, for the good chunk of it, we, all four shows are happening at the same time. And so, you know, from early on, all four ADs, uh, the assistant directors, and all four line producers from all the shows, all four directors, we all got together in a room and we were trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to shoot this thing and who gets who? And, and you know, if I, you know, if I if I get Melissa here, then you get Steven there. I mean, it was a, it was a real big uh juggling act. And um, <laughs> the fact that we pulled it off is just, crazy to me but we did (laughs) but that was by far the the hardest and most challenging thing about just putting this thing together um but yeah without a doubt yeah wow so uh, now remind me typically are you doing eight day shoots ten day shoots for a typical episode uh for a typical episode of supergirl we're doing a nine day shoot nine days okay um this yeah this became a ten day shoot um and you know, all the shows had a uh, three-day shutdown factored in, and honestly, we actually went a little bit beyond that with certain shows, just, again, because of, it, of uh, availability. But, um, yeah, typically, you know, it's, it's eight to nine days, and, and, you know, we were doing um, ten or, or more, depending on the show. I think Legends actually ended up doing more days than, than ten. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. I kind of felt like I was in Vancouver forever. <laughs> I was there for more than a month. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was an enormous task, I think, by everybody, but I think uh, everyone did a really good job. So, Well, if you have to be stuck anywhere, Vancouver's not the worst place you could end up by any stretch of the it's imagination. It's not the worst place. And, you know, we were, there, we were there right before the weather started to turn. So, uh, you know, for me, it was, a, it was a good time to, to be there for sure. So 
when so when it comes to when it comes to your prep work before an episode, how much how much were you working with all the other directors uh, from the other episodes? Um, well, I had the luxury of, of batting leadoff, so to to go first, I got to set up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mostly worked with with, with Bam, um, James Bamford, uh, who did the Arrow Hour, um, just because there's some things that were being set up you know, in the first act of his uh, episode, and you know if he if he, if he was going to shoot those scenes before I shot the ending of my episode, then you know we'd have to make sure we we're on the same page and, and with continuity and things like that. Um, you know, like uh, Emily made the decision to um, take Oliver's tuxedo jacket and. So that was sort of established. I had to build that into my episode. So there were things like that where you just had to kind of juggle the continuity and make sure everything worked. Interesting, because it is, I mean, it is like like we were talking earlier. I mean, it's kind of like a movie, you know? It, it really does feel like you had you each took an hour of a four-hour movie, and so if something happens in an hour, in hour two that has to pay off in hour three or whatever, or, or, in, or in this case, like with the jacket, you know, you have to build it in in hour one. Um, that's really interesting. Yeah. It takes a lot of, you know, you got to make those those moving pieces all work together. Were the were the directors of hours two through four, um, like, were you sort of available to them to kind of, you know, pick your brain or whatever and kind of make oh, sure yeah. those things I mean, lined up? All, uh, all through the shoot, um, you know, between Dermot and Greg and, and James and I, you know, there was, there was a lot of emailing back and forth um, along with the uh, the showrunners just to talk about, um, here's what we got. Here's what we established. Here's the look that we achieved. Um, you know, Dermot for the Flash Hour shot the uh, the breach facility before I did, and so they had established this this sort of this look with these tobacco filters, and so I had to sort of embrace that, uh, which is great. Cause it, it looked awesome. Um, it did. And so you know things like that. You know, it was really helpful, and it was I, I really you know give someone like Dermot credit for just reaching out even to say, hey, you know this is what we did and this is how we shot it. And um, the DPs and all the directors were able to share all the dailies every day. So um, if I knew I was going to hit a, a location that was already been shot, then I can go and sort of see, you know, even from like a lighting design aspect, you know, what they did. And, and so that was enormously uh, helpful. Because you had never worked, um, this is the first crossover that you've directed. Were you a little bit apprehensive about working with, all of the different casts kind of mushed together. And was there anybody that you really wanted to work with, but you didn't get a chance to in your episode? Um, you know, I done a, I did the, I did the uh, suicide squad episode of arrow, um, season two. And so I already had worked with Steven and, and Emily and, um, you know, I, I knew them, um, already and, and I still stay in contact with them and, um, just from my travels with Supergirl and producing last year, season one, doing the crossovers with with, with Grant, um, you know, I knew him as well. And, you know, we'd run into, we'd run into each other at the airport all the time, too. So, um, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of familiar faces. Katie Haas as well. You know, she's a guest star in season two of Arrow, and now she's a regular, and she's, she's so great. And so um, there were plenty of familiar faces and, and, you know, a lot of new ones, too. And, um, you know, the one person I, I kind of wish I, I, I got a chance to work with but didn't was, was David Ramsey. Cause, you know, he's, oh. you know he, he was, he's, he's, he's a good friend and, and, you know, we stay in touch and, you know, we see each other. But it was just sort of a, sort of a bummer that in the first hour he didn't make an appearance. So I was sort of uh, sad about that. But um, the highlight for me was to, to work with Victor Garber because my first job in the business was on Titanic. So, oh. you know, in 1987, Amazing. not to date myself. 
Yeah. Wait, so, uh, so I got to talk about that for a second. Now, yeah, to come around now, 20 years later, and to, to be able to direct him was a, was a big deal for me. And, um, you know, I had the same experience with Bill Paxton uh, last year on training day as well, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Same story, you know, it's just just twenty year old kid, you know, working with these guys, and uh, like I said, to come back around now as a, as a director and have these guys act for me, it's just a, a dream come true. What did you do on Titanic? What was your job? Uh, I started as an intern at Lightstorm Entertainment, and then I was a second unit PA. Um, so I, I wasn't even down in Mexico, but I was, you know, cataloging props and I worked mm-hmm. on the inserts, and I did get to, uh, you know, work with with James Cameron. He's sort of the reason I'm directing now. You know, after after watching him. Um, you know, edit that that movie together, and 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 being a part of those second unit shoots, um, I was like, yeah, that's it, that's the job, that's the job that I want to do. Um, wow. So I, I really give him a lot of credit for for inspiring me to to really go after this. Wow, that's awesome. You know, Titanic's going back into theaters starting December first. So, you know, anybody who wants to go check out Larry's work in in a big screen, it's it's there. <laughs> well, there's, there's one iconic moment the. the I'm a part of, which is the uh, when the heart of the ocean drops into the, into, into the water. I'm the guy sure. who pulled the fishing line that dropped the necklace into the water, and I did 27 takes of that. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> that's my, my, my big claim to fame, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 27 takes of pulling a fishing line. That is... Yeah, Jim wanted that thing to land perfectly in the lens. And, you know, we had two guys with two-by-fours who were stirring the pool water. So, you know, it was a... It was random every time, um, but three takes out of twenty-seven actually landed right into the lens. So, wow, jeez, that's crazy. Was there anything? Was there anything on this crossover that you just had to keep doing like that over and over and over again until you got it right, or do you not have that kind of luxury of time? No, there there was zero time. I mean, every day <laughs> felt like um, twenty pounds of you know, something in a five pound bag, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was, every day was, was heavy, you know? And, um, you know, the, the, the church sequence, the fight, um, that was something that should have been three or four days. And we, we jammed that into basically a day and a half because, you know, the first half of the first day I had to shoot the wedding, you know, and then whatever time was left over the next, you know, day and a half, I, it was for that fight. Um, so it was it was an enormous task. I mean, it was every day was just you know pushing it to the limit. And you know we have um, we have limits on on the hours that we can work. You know mm-hmm. we're, we're cut off at fourteen hours. So you know very often we, we would get right up to that fourteen hour mark. Wow. Um, you know also the 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 opening vignette sequence with all the different shows, which is one of my favorite parts of the episode of, of, of the first hour. You know part, again, like that you know, bit is one of the best parts of four episodes. It's so good. Oh, thank you. Ca- you. You um, capture you know, that, everyone that, so perfectly. Yeah. You know, it was just a you know, there was a lot, a lot of night shoots, and again, it just all those little pieces. You know, it plays. <laughs> they all play for like thirty five, forty seconds, and yet they all took between five and six hours to shoot. You know, the fastest one was actually uh, the Supergirl vignette. It's the fastest one. Hmm. Um, but the uh, the the Legends one took the longest. The uh, you know, just because we were in the forest, it was. Right, you know, it was it was a little muddy. It started to rain halfway through. I mean, it was the, the conditions weren't weren't great, but uh, you know, I still was very fond of that scene. Now, when it comes to when it comes to all of those scenes, like flash fighting killer shark or all that kind of all that, was it 
is it already in the script about who they're fighting or what they're doing or how much input do you have? Um, you know, does Rory get to be Friar Tuck because you choose it or um, so on and so forth? Um, you know, the, the Flash King Shark bit was always in the script. Um, and, you know, I got, I mean, Armin did 95% of that scene. I mean, it, it was awesome. And, you know, mm-hmm. all he did was pop off a couple of close ups of Grant, you know, and, and, you know, obviously the cutaways to, uh, to Iris, but um, you know that was that was so much Armin, and you know that was a huge help that he was able to to do so much of that. You know, the only thing I did was I storyboarded that that sequence, and then he took that and, and rolled with it. Um, the arrow sequence actually was something else originally. Um, it was sort of inspired by Jedi retaliation. It was going to be um, Green Arrow fighting ninjas on the side of a building with you know propelling ropes and all that stuff. But it just oh wow. You know, logistically, we could we did not have the time nor the means, uh, financial or uh, production-wise, to to do it um, on schedule. But we did find this really cool um, under construction floor, and it was two two stories, and that we were able to kind of get them to do this big sort of ninja fight in this. Um, you know, kind of reminded me of Die Hard. You know, in that in that fight. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Same sort of environment, right? You know, and so. Uh, you know, we, we were able to make that, that change. And I thought that played really well. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I love, you know, Green Arrow punching the guy in the face. He's like, I'm a little busy right now. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's some levity to it, which I like. And, and just the, the stunt team was, was awesome. And, you know, our stunt coordinator, Simon, used to be uh, Stephen Amell's stunt double for the first couple of years on, on Arrow. So he knew the, he knew the car- character, he knew the part. Um, and, you know, he had a little, uh, he had a little, thing to prove too, you know to, to kind of coordinate a sequence uh for that character um you know legends actually was going to be in rome with with gladiators and uh it was going to be a whole sequence like that with lions and again you know we just we just didn't have the financial resources you know once mm-hmm. we kind of broke it all down and um at the you know last minute we kind of came up with this show Forrest robin idea which i thought again worked well you know it's great to see them in costume and um, you know, in the backwoods where we shoot Supergirl was, was the forest location and it was right near stage and, um, it was like a five minute drive and it was, I thought it worked out really well. That's and, um, super fun. Supergirl was always that, you know, Supergirl was always meant to be that, uh, you know, originally it was going to be like two people arguing at a, at a traffic jam and, you know, again, it's like we, we couldn't lock down the streets of Vancouver during the day. So we kind of came up with the idea of this sort of the smug business guy walk into his BMW and as soon as he, you know, chirps the alarm <laughs> they crash on top of it and then they, they kind of tussle and fight which i thought was funny so um you know it was brisk it was fast moving it was everything i think you wanted to be to sort of start the episode um mm-hmm. well absolutely. i mean after the dark arrow guardian fight <laughs> right absolutely oh, right, right that now actually so you the the guard the guardian fight actually um you said that some of that stuff was established ahead of time so you didn't you didn't film the scene with you didn't film the scene with James and the Fuhrer. No, I filmed I filmed that whole sequence. What was the building though was shot for a different episode. Oh, okay. Ready. Okay. So I had to I had to sort of accept and honor the you know, the the lighting that they used and, and then the the look of it all. Um and then, you know, we added a couple little things which we determined wouldn't really mess up anything that was already established, you know. Um, but no, I, I saw it all that. No, that, that was definitely um, that was a good night of work, man. We we were we were we were happy about that. I mean, we we shot everything. We didn't drop anything, and we got it all done. It was um, that was a cool sequence, you know. And uh, 
you know, I'm glad they they ended up keeping the guy dropping out of the tower, which I was something I added at the last minute. <laughs> oh, nice. Just fingers fingers crossed that that stunt man's work isn't going in for vain. In like for vain. That's, that's <laughs> no, good. but it was. It was I, I asked for a, I asked for a weighted dummy at the last minute, and then I just basically had these guys throw this dummy over the over the edge of the guard tower as a uh, as Dark Arrow walks away. And that's awesome. It was really a nice way to sort of punctuate the whole. Uh, opening fight, you know, and uh, you know, you know, I, I shot it in a way where they could cut it out if they wanted to, but I'm, I'm glad they kept it. I, I thought it was a nice little bit. <laughs> that opening scene when it after when it was done, I I watched with a friend of mine, and I was and I turned to him, I was like, it's gonna be great four hours. I got to already tell. <laughs> it's like two yeah. minutes, and I'm already I'm already loving it. James's redesign on the Guardian suit. Did you have any input on that, yeah. or is that something that's? Oh, you did. Can you talk um, about that? It's just something that. You know, we kind of wanted to. If you look at the, the the current one, which you know is nothing like the 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 the, the gold and blue version, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of, of the the comics. We we're trying to get back to that a little bit. And if if, if that character was actually walking around in daylight, you would feel the blue and the gold a little bit more. Yeah, Macad um, posted a couple of pictures to... online, and so you can see the blue and the gold in the photos he posted. Yeah. So you know we were we were trying to go back to something a little more classic, and you know you notice he he has he has a mustache, um, and you know we, we're playing a more sort of you know grizzled veteran guardian, you know the guy who's sort of been through. If you notice, there's a big um, scar across the mask that we also tracked across his face. Yes, and, I did um, see that. Yeah, I mean I thought the I thought the the the, the, the shield design was really cool, and I, I love the uh, the breastplate design. Um, so to me, I thought I thought he looked amazing, but oh, yeah. I, I had nothing to do with it. That was already conceptualized, and you know, uh, when I got there. Okay. Gotcha. Was, gotcha. Was, um, to on a on a lighter on the lighter side of things, when Kara mm-hmm. when Kara finds out that Alex had a one night stand with Sarah, um, what? You, we don't see Melissa's or Kara's reaction as she's kind of like piecing everything together. But are there dailies of Melissa kind of acting that out in there? Is there ever going to be a way for us to see that? <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. And the answer is no. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. You know, when the when it dawns on her, yes, it, it, it's it's all there and um, it's buried a daily somewhere, never to be seen ever again. <laughs> Ah, what are you gonna do? That's maybe fine. maybe a DVD no, deleted no, no, scene or something. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of those scenes where you know we let you know Kyler especially we just let her riff. You know she's mm-hmm. so good at this sort of rom com tone. Um, and you know again this 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 these four hours are supposed to be a departure event. You know and mm-hmm. um, you know we want her to have fun and, and and you know we were you know if you notice we were we were sort of using Indiana Jones as inspiration for for the the tone of it all at least for the mm-hmm. Supergirl hour. And, yep. um, you know, I, I tweeted something about, uh, you know, Katie Lotz ad-libbing the how's your butt line, no. which, you know, <laughs> it, it, it was something else. And then she's like, I want to say something else. She's like, I want to say something that's a little, I don't know, more, you know, more Sarah. And she's like, how about how's your butt? And I'm like, sure. You know, and after she did it, it landed so well, I actually went back and, and reshot Kyler's reactions because I shot her first originally. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was just, fun to actually have a scene like that where we weren't fighting we were we were just going for the joke and you know letting them kind of you know riff a little bit and i thought the three girls really had a lot of fun it, it looked was, like they were it, having fun 
everybody looked oh, like yeah. they were having fun. It was great. The Indiana Jones thing is interesting because that when the Nazis show up at the wedding and and you have a couple of characters go, you know, I hate Nazis. It did bring me back to Indiana Jones for a second. Just like, oh, yeah, not, again, that's like Last Crusade all over. He's like, no, this is terrible. Um Actually, that in the church, I have a quick question. Killer Frost, yeah. ice, ice sword. Your decision, Corey. Yeah. Yes, yes, great choice. Yes, so Sweet. cool. Um, and I will admit that you know when I was sort of prepping this episode, I, I was sort of casually watching the first Thor movie. Oh, good. You also, know, when good choice. Fighting those, 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 those. those oh, the, the frost giants. Yeah, the frost giants. Yeah, they had, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, you know what? Ice sword. Let's do it. And I called Armin. I was like, hey, can we do this? He's like, yeah, just, you know, just make a make a plastic ice sword, stick it to our wrist, and then we'll just make it look like ice. I was like, cool, you know? And then I ran to Simon, the stunt coordinator. I was like, here's what I want to do. And he's like, okay. And then, um, you know, the people down in L.A. approved it, and, you know, we uh, we went for it. And, and, you know, she had a lot of fun doing it. And I, so I, I thought it was something different that we hadn't done before, you know, on, on Flash. So I was, uh, I was happy to uh, – you know, take credit for that one. <laughs> no, very cool. Uh, the exterior of the church is real. The interior mm-hmm. is a, is a set. I would assume because you destroyed it. Yeah. Um, oh and yeah. The the um, the fight with Overgirl and Supergirl on the outside of the church. Were you? Was that the side of the 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 real exterior of the church, or is that a set, or is that green screen? I couldn't tell. No, no, that was actually so the uh, the outside of the church um, was on. Burrard Street, and then where they fought, they actually fought on the roof because when we were scouting the church, um, James Liston, um, my DP, was like, you know, we, we we need to use this church for more stuff. It's beautiful. I was like, yeah, and I was like, you know what? Like, let's have her fight on the roof. Like, let's have her, you know, throw her into the into the bell tower, and then let's have her fight on the roof. And so we we ended up doing that. And then we, you know, we we got a drone that day, and we shot some aerial plates so that they can, you know do all the flying and, you know, fighting in the sky and then the heat vision duel and all that stuff. And, um, you know, the shot of, uh, Joe West looking up at the sky, watching them go at it was like one of my favorite pieces. Cause mm. it was just like, it felt like a very sort of classic moment, you know, and in, in to, to sort of see these people larger in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, I really, I really love that shot. And again, the same, you know, Armin again did a, such a, a wonderful job making that work for me. Um, but uh, yeah, the the entire exterior of the church, whether it was the girls talking in front of it or them fighting on the roof, was all uh, practical. And the interior was um, all built um, in a week and a half. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. It's so, as, especially talking about your truncated time schedule. It, the every, I mean, every episode is impressive because TV is so truncated in the amount of time that you yeah. have to make something. But you really did make a four. You made a four. Everybody made a four-hour film in a month. That's insane. Pretty much, man. That's you know, crazy. The, uh, the the church was something they 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 committed to that to, to building it right away, which is the best thing they could have done. And Deadpool two had just finished filming in this big space, so we kind of were able to get it, you know, we put a hold on it. Um, and then we spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, making, building this, this church from virtually nothing. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, like I said, we used it well and we, we shot every inch of it. Um, now, you know, watching the final product and, you know, I hadn't actually seen it until the final effects came in. You know, it's like, wow, it all works. It's pretty cool. <laughs> 
Do you, do you get nervous before you see final effects, anything like that? You're like, oh, wow, okay, phew, I did it. Okay, good job, um, team. High it fives. Depends, it depends. You know, like last year when I shot the Homecoming episode, like not not seeing what the what the train was going to look like, you know, it was sort of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when we're editing, we're using very crude plates um, just as placeholders. Um, so, you know, again, you're, you're just sort of crossing your fingers. And, you know, I mean, Armin and his whole team, they're, they're just a bunch of magicians. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there were, there were a couple things where I was like, I wonder how this is going to look. Um, you know, like when uh, when Stein and Jack sort of formed Firestorm in the very beginning of the fight, and, you know, but that was because I couldn't get the actual camera move that I wanted to get for that moment. Um, I wanted to kind of like come up with them and spin around the, uh, you know, firestorms back and then have the pews explode. And I kind of had to break it up a little bit. Um, mm. but he, he really helped me out and it made it dynamic. So, um, you know, that was an instance where I was like, I wasn't sure, but when I, when you see it, you're just like, wow, it's awesome. Um, you know, and even, even like when, even like flash, like when they're, when they're zooping and rescuing people, mm-hmm. um, like seeing his boyfriend, like, you know, you it just seems so goofy when you're shooting it because like they're there and then you say freeze and then you step out of the shot and then you shoot it with nobody there. And then you're like, did we get it? <laughs> um, so it's like, and that stuff's always great when you finally see it, you know I mean? Like an hour two, it's the same thing. Like when, when flash saves the construction workers off the, uh, the crane, you're just like, you know, it looks awesome in the final cut, but I know that when you're shooting it, they're all just standing there and it's like one at a time. They're just leaving the frame, right? <laughs> you know? So, that's a it's so cool to get that perspective on it. Like it's just it must be like comical to watch it on set <laughs> and well, then to see know, it all like, come together. You know, like you know, when 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 Melissa kicks Dominator in the face and she flies away, you know, we 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 we've joked about this in season one. Like she just jumps in the air and then she lands. Like right. after she has a you know her twelve inch vertical, you know, <laughs> and then you know they make it look like she just rockets out of there. But you know it's always funny. Cause she jumps and then she stops, and then we we hold the frame for another you know eight seconds and she's just there crouched on the ground and she's like okay <laughs> but in reality she's doing what every kid is doing in schoolyards everywhere when they play superman supergirl oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean it's still so cool when you see it i mean i, I you know I, I used to always say like you know it's, the show is not supergirl if she doesn't fly so you know to have her flying is just the funnest thing mm-hmm. it's got to be a dream come true to get to do that kind of thing and and, and it's got to be crazy to to be able in a a show like this to be able to direct you know the good version and then the evil version too like that's got to be a lot of fun it must be some considerations that go into that right like in sort of directing the evil version of these characters that we've come to know and love yeah i mean most of i have talked about you know because i I directed the the red k version episode you know season one um we were trying to be very conscious about not doing that again right um, and, but the truth is, you know, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been some backlash right online about, you know, you know, why are we using Nazis as the enemy and all this stuff? And, you know, this was, this is all sort of decided and broken out way before, you know, Charlottesville even happened. You know, it's just mm-hmm. the timing of things and, you know, in, in the world we live in and, and, you know, but if you look at man in the high castle, I mean, it's sort of a similar sort of idea, right. you know, oh, yeah. again, this is something that was established in, in the comics. And I don't know if everyone notices, realizes that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for our purposes, when we were talking about it, we, you know, it was important that, you know, hey, we're fighting bad guys. Like, you guys are bad guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, the, you know, we, 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 we didn't need to sort of overthink it too much 
um, you know, there's always bad guy logic, and that that that's something that we want to sort of preserve. But in terms of, you know, how they should be perceived, they're 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 bad guys. You know, I, I don't, you know, no one was ever trying to generate any kind of sympathy for these characters at all. You know, these are you know, strictly evil doppelgangers, and it's good guys versus bad guys, and that's what this whole four-hour right. thing was about. Right. It's it's a weird world where you have to be like, well, the, maybe the Nazis weren't so bad. You know, like that's no, you put Nazi on a screen and you make superheroes fight them. You immediately know who the good guys are and the bad guys are. It's the yeah, like it, I said, it's this the Indiana Jones, you know, spectacle TV. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. The comic thing is interesting, too, because if you're a comic reader, you hear Earth X or Earth 10, whatever. And you're like, yeah, OK, got it. Yeah. Overman, mm-hmm. Overgirl. It's all you know, it's it's all there for you. <laughs> you accept it. <laughs> right. You exactly, just know yeah. it and you roll with it. You know, and I've you know, it's so entrenched in it. Sometimes I forget what it might be to somebody who's not a comic reader. Um, actually, the 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 Earth thing um so in here, Wells tells us that it's the 53rd Earth and nobody wants to go there. Um, but in in regular DC Comics, it's just Earth 10, Earth X, Earth 10. So what would, what's the rationale for making it the 53rd Earth as opposed to um, as opposed 52? to one? That, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I actually don't have an answer for that. You know, no one ever really. Uh, question that. Um, I, I think we were just trying to perhaps keep the the fifty two pure and not taint it with with one that was overrun by uh, a Nazi victory. I guess um, that make that makes but, sense. Uh, That's, That's a good fair. answer. We never actually did, you know, bring that up, but we all just assumed that you know because of how polarizing these um, these characters were going to be, to maybe segregate them to uh, their own Earth was the, probably the best thing to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes sense. I, I think in the to get really comic booky for a split second, I think in the like the multiverse map that was created by DC a few years ago, they the 52 Earths start on Earth zero and they count zero as number one, even mm. though it's not. So technically there already there are 53. There are not 52. So if anybody complains to you, you're actually right in the money. It's OK. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I will uh, pocket that. and <laughs> yeah. do that. And use that in your use, life. Yeah, you, yeah. Use that in your <laughs> daily life. I'm sure it's going to come up all the time now. <laughs> well, you know, I try. You know, my my, my girlfriend, who, you know, who, who plays Livewire on the show, like, you know, I was trying to. We were watching the cut, and she's like, "Wait a minute, how does this work?" And I was trying to explain her the multiverse concept, and she was, you know, like you said, like you know, if you read comic books, you kind of accept it, and you, you know, you have a base understanding of it, and you just go with it. And, mm-hmm. You know, if you don't, it, it is. It can be very heady. You know, and it's not anything you can explain in one sentence, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so, but she had, once she was just like, you know what, oh, let me just watch and, and just take it for what it is. She was like, oh, I like this. You know, she, she enjoyed it. But um, stopping and explaining, it kind of hurt her head a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does that. One side note, very cool. You're dating Livewire. That's super cool. That's <laughs> something you could take with your 53 Earths thing. Like, they go, it's great. Exactly that's, right. <laughs> that's super, that's super cool. Um, one, I think really one last, one last thing, Melissa sings running home to you, which is the song from the musical crop. One of the songs from the musical crossover was that in the script right. did that come organically. How did that, how did that come about? That was in the script that was in there from, from, from day one. Um, that was always going to be the case. And, uh, you know, I thought her, her recording of it was just amazing. I mean, it was one of those things where like, you know, when we were filming it, um, 
you know, because we're, we're pointing towards the back of the the church, you know, all I really needed was sort of her and the, 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 the four piece orchestra behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody came in, everybody sat down, everybody watched, everybody clapped. You know, it was one of those things where like, you know, people kind of got sucked into it while we were rolling. Um, you know, and I had to do it three times uh, just for various technical reasons. But, um, you know, with every take, the, the crowd got a little bigger and bigger and people, you know, you can see like it just it affects people, you know, and mm-hmm. it cap when, um, you know, she has such a beautiful voice. So it, it's, it's always um, a treat to have her sort of show that off. Yeah, I, it was completely unexpected. I had no idea it was coming. It was it was one of the best surprises out of the oh, four so episodes. Oh, so rehearsal there, you didn't expect that? Nope. No, when no, I have a I have a favor to ask you. Like it just it didn't click in my head that she was going to sing. It should have because mm. I I'm better at this than that. But <laughs> yeah, like I knew I knew Professor Stein. I I'm felt Professor. Surprised. I know. I'm so surprised at myself. Like I knew Professor Stein was going to die. I like, I felt it. I oh, just sure. knew it. <laughs> uh, but like, but I didn't get that Melissa was going to sing like whatever. All my energy was focused on the um, one emotional, like emotionally charged thing. <laughs> nice. Well, it was a great surprise. And it was a really nice touch, you know, using, using that song and kind of bringing, bringing things back around. Yeah. Look, I mean like, you know, the, the Again, it's one of those things where when you have everybody, that was that was a scene where I actually did have everybody, you know, because um, I had made a comment yesterday about how like when I shot the rehearsal dinner, like not at any point during the day did I did I have a you know did I did I have everyone, you know, it was always a fragmented cast throughout the entire day. We really sort of pieced it together um, to make it look like they were all there at one time. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for the wedding, they were all there, and to, to to do that and have a full crew, and again, all those background people in the church as well, it, it just it felt special. It felt like what it was supposed to be, you know, and, um, you know, Grant and Candace have such great chemistry together. It was, um, mm-hmm. it was really easy to kind of just sit back and watch them do their thing. So, yeah, well, I, I, it, it must be amazing. And, and to get to do, you know, the, the lead off hour of, of this crossover that is, you know, re- really one of the, the, fr- they've done the crossovers before, but this was the first time it was as, tightly interwoven a story as it was but really was one story across all four hours um that's pretty cool to have that under your belt and get to get to lead that off yeah you know i'm i'm I'm, i was really honored to to have been asked to do this particular episode um you know you you know there was a part of me that wanted to you know do a regular episode of supergirl just because you know i wanted to work with david and chris and jeremy and all these guys again you know for you know more than you know a day you know but uh mm-hmm. you know this was a very special thing in its own right and um something that i'll definitely remember for um you know the rest of my career and, and you know you know watching it on air there's just there's so many memories and good and and then and the difficult ones in terms of just you know getting it made um but we came out of it and you know it aired and it's just you know it seems like you know people really dig it so um, it makes me feel good, and I know it makes everybody else feel good. You know, it was a lot of uh, hard work on, on everyone's behalf, and cast, a crew, and um, it was a really true, you know, consolidated effort. So I'm proud of everyone involved, and, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, a- absolutely, uh, you have lots to be proud of, and and uh, I hope I hope we'll see you back at some point during season three. I don't know if there's any talks about that, but but if there are, I I really hope that we get to see you coming back because um, we always love your episodes, man. 
No, thank you, man. Um, nothing, nothing for the rest of this year. Um, you know, who knows, maybe next year, uh, we'll just sort of see how it shakes out. You know, it's always a, a challenge logistically when, mm. when the show shoots in Vancouver. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's been some other stuff on the horizon too. So we'll see, um, you know, Titans is shooting in Toronto, um, as we speak. And, um, that would be fun to do. Um, so we'll, yes. we'll see. Absolutely. I didn't know awesome. they were shooting in Toronto. That's cool. Yeah. DC is GC is just taking over Canada. What a what <laughs> a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, there's a lot of content out there right now. <laughs> oh hell yeah. yeah. So listen, before we say goodbye, is there anything else you wanna you wanna tell anyone to look out for? <laughs> it's funny, like I, I after I wrapped, you know, the, the church fight was like the last two days of the shoot and after I wrapped that I was like, This is the, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um easily and then i just wrapped an episode of slot where we're sitting inside of a prison for a full week and i was like no this is the hardest thing i've ever done in my life <laughs> the truth is they're all they're all hard all hard and um but it's all rewarding just the same and um like i said you know as long as you guys enjoy you know we do it for you guys and I'm, I'm happy that uh you know it, it, it plays well and you guys uh have something to uh to fan over <laughs> mm-hmm. oh and like you said, there's there's so much there's so much content out there right now. But Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends they deliver every they deliver every week, and sometimes most of the time better than any any other any other comic content out there. So it's a privilege to talk to you, to watch them, to talk to each other about it. It's it's all good. Do you guys see Justice League yet? Yes, yes sir. Uh, yes, I have not sir. seen it yet. Do you guys like it? Yes, we both with liked it. Reser- yes, with reservations. I, I but I did. I did mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Yeah, I'll, agreed. I'll check it out tomorrow. Let yeah. us know what yeah. you thought. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. I will. I'll send you guys an email. Sounds great. All right, Larry. Thanks so much right, for taking the time. It's been great. You bet. You guys uh, keep up the good work. Talk to you soon. Thanks. thanks. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Well, Frank, he is just one of the nicest men on the entire planet. It is truly a privilege to talk to him. It really is. He's always such a great guy, and it's always just a a great opportunity to talk to him. Uh, He gives so much thought to everything. You know, it's 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 so cool to um, hear him talk about his process and about the ideas that you know come up when they're just on set. Like I I just love hearing those things come about, Um, and it's. It's always great to to chat with him. So, uh, big thanks to Larry Tang for joining us for the third time now um, on the podcast. Wonderful, Frank. Let's talk about the rest of the crossover. Um, there's a few things that we should hit on. This is not we're only a Supergirl podcast. You know, we don't do Flash Legends or Arrow. And um, but it. Oh, I did that in. I did that in order. Ooh, look at you. Scheduling. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did that in order of scheduling. That's weird. Um, but uh but we get, and some of this is Supergirl related. A lot of the maybe the big chunk of like progressive story arcs for characters outside of the crossover don't really involve don't really involve Supergirl characters. Um Apart from Alex, Alex probably Alex more than Kara has a bit of a a character arc. So let's start there. Alex's Alex and Kara are both kind of both kind of down in the dumps. You know, um, 
because you know Maggie's gone and Monel's basically gone and all of the, all of this stuff and so they're going to a wedding and Alex gets drunk and has a one night stand with Sarah Lance the white canary and it was delightful and the entire What's... internet broke did it really cuz i'm not <laughs> i i don't i don't i don't go on the internet while I'm watching the show cuz i just in case like i'm behind or anything like that so what did the internet have to say the fandom was uh they were kind of split i think there were a lot of folks who were unhappy to see alex uh, uh doing that so soon after her breakup but there were a lot of people who were just like oh my god my you know just just fanning out for uh for such an amazing amazing pairing and the two of them were just i don't i i loved it i absolutely loved it i thought they were amazing and wonderful and a little awkward and hilarious and and everything well, I like I like that that's in some ways a very Sarah thing to do, if you know anything about that character. Oh, yes. Um, and then for Alex, it's I think it's important to remember that like she like as she says on the show, she's never hooked up with anyone before. She's never had a one night stand like that. But she does have a party girl part of her because um, one of the one of the um, episodes from last season, kind of like the Alex origin story that do you remember that episode do you remember that episode sure um, do. and like she has this kind of party hard you know no rules whatever kind of thing somewhere deep inside her it may not be exactly who she is anymore but sometimes that stuff comes out from time to time sure um and i thought kyler really really acted her progression really well from this is how i'm feeling and this like I shouldn't have come to this wedding and I'm going to get drunk because it's reminding me of all this stuff. And by the end, she is really like, you know what? I'm going to stick with my gut decision. I this is this was the right thing to do. Go with your gut. And I, I really appreciated that there was a character arc over so much stuff happening that they still allowed a lot of these characters to progress somewhere. But but I'm glad that Alex was was the one that kind of progressed somewhere because if 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 this crossover did anything for Supergirl, it proved that Alex can stand next to Green Arrow and Flash and White Canary and the Atom and Vixen and whoever else and hold her own. Hell yeah. Which was that's incredible. Like I even in the church fight sequence, like watching her watching her fight with White Canary fighting Prometheus was super cool because it's easy to forget that. Because it's a lot of walking quickly in the DEO, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> a lot of walk and talks. We got a lot of walk and talks. We got to walk quickly to this computer monitor and say some stuff. And then we got to go have, you know, Supergirl take care of the problem. And so it's I always like seeing Alex, like, be, be an agent. And this kind of propelled her even further. I love that she was the one that got separated and sent to Earth X. And, like, she like she is kind of the driving force for the supergirl the supergirl yes. characters in this epi in these episodes yeah it was great yeah i mean they they told us you know that going into it, we heard we heard um that alex would have a pretty major um through line across all four episodes of the crossover so we were sort of like okay what's that going to mean what's that you know what what how will she figure into it and right right from the start with with sarah 
we saw um, where, where that was headed. And I, I thought, oh, okay, so this is going to be like a self-discovery type of thing, uh, a romantic self-discovery type of thing and, and you know, moving on. Um, but it was so much more than it was. It was that, but but also so much more with uh, the way that she really had to step up and, like you said, be alongside those heroes um, and and just hold her own. And she really did hold her own, fighting fighting against the the villains from from Earth X, um, and completely credible in doing that. So I, I thought it was awesome that they chose her to be the representative of of super of the Supergirl you know cast. Um, uh, among among all the rest of those um, heroes, totally totally cool. I, I love that decision to do that, and and I support it so fully. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about more about some of the other members of the Supergirl cast before we get to Supergirl themselves. Uh, one is the only mentioned but never seen Superman. Uh, as Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, tells us that he fights Superman sometime in the future. And he says, oh, your cousin, he's fast, but I'm faster. Mm. That was super, That was awesome. I loved that. That was cool, but it did beg the question of where the hell is Superman <laughs> throughout all this? But then I guess I, I, I guess I asked myself that question a lot on this show. So that's that's I'll let it go. Well, Superman doesn't exist on the Earth that they're on. No valid. But uh, but on Earth. Why? You know? Oh, oh, oh! Right, right, right. Because he's on the Earth thirty-eight with Kara. Right, right. Sorry. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. So you, that you're good now. I'm all, good now. All yeah, clear. Because, okay. Because Kara had the uh, the thingamajig, the breach maker. Right. That Cisco right. gave her, and Car- Clark doesn't have that. So okay, valid. My my understanding is that this is my head canon that on Earth one, or in the universe Earth one, Krypton did not explode, mm. which is why which is why Kara and um oh. don't exist in that universe okay that's a that's a good um i don't see any problems with that so i think i might subscribe to the headcanon that's pretty good yeah yeah that, that makes sense that that makes the most sense to yeah. me um and earth 38 they're the only hero so like on other earths it doesn't matter if i see him. you know sure. what i mean if i see him or not um so Okay, so that that was that. Um, James at the very James uh, gets murdered by uh, the Dark Archer, um, um, evil Oliver, at the hair uh, Oliver um, at the start of the episode. I was I, one. I was really happy to see James in this crossover, even if it was doppelganger James, James, and even if it was only for a couple of minutes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And then when we saw McCod Brooks's Instagram post where we actually got to see that it was the blue and gold costume. Uh, uh, I want the I want the blue and gold so bad. It's, actually, it's like just it, wear the one he's wearing. It's super cool. It's true. It's true. I, I mean, like seeing seeing him get killed was like was like getting stabbed and then finding out that it was a blue and gold costume was like twisting that knife after the fact. Yeah, actually, that's so true. It's funny because. I didn't expect him to be in the episode in any of the crossover, but then when he showed up, I was like, it's guardian. The shield popped out. I got excited. And that's not actually what I thought was going to happen. Mm. Like when I saw guardian again, I was, you know, cause we've always been like, it's fine. It's not, it's whatever. Um, but when he showed up, I was like, Ooh, it's the guardian. And I was like, Oh, you made me want it. <laughs> you, you did it. You held it back long enough, and I apparently missed it, and I didn't realize it. And I, I want more Guardian. Yep, and that's it. And now, when they dangle the carrot, you want what you can't have, right? Yeah. Oh man, that's exactly right. 
Oh, but man, give me that blue and gold. Give me it. <laughs> I I am all about it. I'm I'm yeah. I mean, Guardian's not a character I'm usually crazy about, but I I am all for it. All give for it. it. Let me see. Well, so what else? Well, we we had a little bit of win in win. the fourth hour, third and fourth hours. G- yep, general general shot. Um I thought I thought it was interesting to make him the general, but his was the only one to me that felt like we got to get the cast in, so let's put Win in. Oh, sure. That was yeah. the only one, you know, like it could have, that could have been anybody. Why is it Win? Yeah, I guess because, yeah, you're right. It did feel a little bit like they were, well, you know, he hasn't had a chance yet. Let's give him a shot. Uh, yeah, because superheroes are superheroes, you know, like they're all interchangeable and not interchangeable in the way, but, you know, like the doppelgangers make sense and stuff like that. Um, uh, but, yeah, his was the only one that was like, oh, but why Why is it win necessarily? Mm. Um, I was happy to see him. Don't get me wrong. And it's great to see Jeremy Jordan do something different because he is a he is a versatile. He is a versatile actor. So it was cool to see him kind of like kind of like most of annoyance. It's cool to see them doing something different. Right. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I did like. The Ray and Citizen Cold and all that stuff and uh, those were cool. I liked that those were very cool and um, I'm definitely going to check out the CW Seed animation for the Freedom Fighters when that comes out. I do want to see that. I think that'll that'll be cool. Yeah, because that's uh, the Freedom Fighters always sort of fascinated me whenever they made appearances in comics like in in crossovers. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, because I I think they, they make a brief a brief uh, appearance They're, in Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was always sort of fascinated by them, but I've never actually read anything featuring that group. Sure. So it'll be fun to to see that when it comes out. Yes, yes, it will. Um, so then let's talk about let's talk about Supergirl and Kara. Um, Kara herself doesn't really have an arc necessarily she starts kind of like feeling bad and she does to the end go you know do it all this with the nazis and the doppelgangers put in my problems in perspective right um and we we end it with the problem in perspective so we don't exactly know where she's going to be next episode but how do you how do you feel that she did being overgirl and supergirl I always love seeing Melissa. So, like, what you know, Larry mentioned the Red Kryptonite episode from season one that he got to direct. Yes, I mm-hmm. always love that. In fact, I've, I've pretty much always loved that in every Superman property. Whenever we get to see them go bad, um, because typically these are really good actors that they choose, and Melissa is no exception. Where she is a phenomenal actor, and so to see her get to play both sides of that coin um, is always a treat to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like and 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 they it shows that they made a point of um taking a little bit of a different um approach than they did with the Red Kryptonite episode because this was less um uh less sort of like Disney villain of like mm, yes <laughs> um like because I'm evil it's less of that mm-hmm. and more of like more believable in a way where it's like for the fatherland, like she had a purpose. She had a motivation. It wasn't just "Mm -hmm, because I'm on red kryptonite and I'm evil now. Um, So I really liked this take a whole lot and uh, it's always cool. And it always really speaks to how talented 
she is to see her acting alongside herself, right? And seeing her acting uh, uh, as as Supergirl and Overgirl in the same shot, having a conversation with herself and having it feel completely fluid and completely coherent um, really says a lot about her, her acting chops. Yep, I agree. And I know they were kind of filming everything all separately at in or you know it was all truncated and like okay you're doing this scene over here now you're doing this over here for this episode it was all over the place like you film a movie um that's how movies are generally made too you know they're not filmed chronologically most of the time um i i felt for whatever reason i felt like she got better as each episode went on and i don't know if that's because i was getting used to that portray you know what i mean that character but i thought she became more confident in the role with each progressive episode interesting yeah i i guess i kind of see where you're, where you're coming from with that i think it's it also um has to do with the fact that she had a larger role arguably in in hours two three and four than she did in her in the first hour because we didn't even see the villains come in until 45 minutes into the first episode that's true although i think she did have a good she did have a good chunk to do to offer the group, but it's in some ways she almost she and Alex almost needed this Nazi invasion. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like they needed to put their problems in perspective. Right. Whereas, uh, um, and I in some way, and actually, pretty much everybody but Barry and Iris needed this. Yeah, you know? that's true. They needed the conflict to kind of. Uh, you know, gain appreciation for for those around them and for for their situation. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So so that's all the super. That's pretty much all the Supergirl stuff. Um. So very very generally, before we wrap up, uh, just what did you think of the crossover? This was, I think, a. I, this was a huge accomplishment, a huge achievement for everyone involved. Um, mm-hmm. it, the network clearly gave it a lot of prestige. I think this was so much better than last year's crossover. I enjoyed last year's crossover, but this was so much better, so much more coordinated and so much more exciting. Yep, I agree. And last year's was good, but it definitely was. Last year's was two episodes with an arrow hundredth in the middle, and they just were kind of stuck that way yeah and and their first original crossover with just arrow and flash and vandal savage and introducing the legends and that was also that was also fun it was good but but this was an event and this was an event yeah even taking away their individual title cards and just doing crisis on earth x Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know um it felt like a true comic book event exactly this four issues 50 you know 50 pages each issue here you go. Right. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. And I I I loved it. I I'm going to this is I'm, I've seen this a few times. I enjoyed this more than Justice League. Hmm. I think I agree with you. I only saw Justice League once so far, but I think I agree with you. I think this was more you've fun, more only, enjoyable. You've only seen this once, too. So you're on equal ground. Valid. Valid. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think this was um, more enjoyable. Better. You know, who can say there's there's a lot of ways to measure better or worse, but um, that's m- true. More fun, more enjoyable um, and and more of a comic book crossover event feel to it. And, you know, and this this crossover, this story had stakes with real consequences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the end. And that's where I feel like this is where it th- just 
I don't want to go all the way into this into Justice League, but that's kind of where this edges Justice League out of the way. Yeah. Whereas, like, I was like, oh, people got hurt. Like, people died. Like, like the their universe is not the same anymore. There's something, you know, even though a lot of it is smiles and good times and, you know, Nazis and, you know, this Indiana Jones quality that Larry was saying they were kind of going for, um, they, um, like there was still, there was still real consequences at the end, at the end of the story. Um, and most of that is because, um, most, I don't want to say most of that is because Victor Garber was, is leaving the show and they found a really good way to kind of give him a good send off. Um, but I'd be, I'd be curious almost if Victor Garber wasn't leaving what the, how this how the story would have changed yeah what would the emotional you know uh center of it be um if he wasn't leaving that's interesting Mm -hmm. i i think though at the end of the day you know we're talking about the justice league comparison the one thing that this not, not one of many things that that these shows have going for them is that we have when you combine it hundreds of hours of absolutely you know story build up to get us to this point where justice league just had you know like four movies um or three movies really leading up to this moment so um you know that you gotta you gotta take that for what it's worth too this they have the luxury of years of getting to know these characters and getting attached to these characters and so when you see something like you know oliver and felicity finally tying the knot um it's got that much more emotional resonance and impact than it would otherwise Mm. so yeah that's a good point well I loved this, Frank, and I'm sure we'll talk about the crossover on our own time, mm-hmm. but um, it's late and it I'm is. tired. Me too. Uh, so yeah. why don't we tell the people that they can find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com or at TV Supergirl on Twitter or email us at SupergirlTVTalk at gmail.com. We really do want to get your emails. Uh, we're going to be back to the normal routine next week um, for one last episode before we go on hiatus. So uh, get those emails to us about the crossover, about anything else um, for the first half of season three here uh and don't forget patreon.com slash thought bubble audio is where you can support us uh for as little as a buck and uh thoughtbubbleaudio.com for all the rest of our shows any any final closing thoughts my friend uh i loved my evening today good what a great what a great evening i had i watched it to have a crossover i talked to larry tang a lovely man and director who's kind enough to to talk to us i got to talk to you about all the stuff that i just mentioned beforehand what a wonderful day this was wonderful wonderful day wonderful day we got to see our heroes get married everything got tied up supergirl said general would you care to step outside all this great stuff happened ah superman too so good so good i was so happy um so i think that everybody married um stepping on barry and iris's toe uh, toes much she totally stole their thunder (laughs) they were about they were about to 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 seal the deal and she goes wait a second (laughs) and i'm like what no they just had a wedding that got interrupted you can't do it again Yep, I know. You just you told. I kind of get it, and it's cute and all it's at cute. the same time. But at the but I was like, you totally just stole their thunder. Also, Joe is not going to be happy. He missed no. the real wedding. I know. Cute, cute for TV, right? But in real life, there's like so many logistical, uh, practical problems with everything that happened there. They don't have a marriage license. I was thinking like, that too. Yep, cute for TV doesn't work in the real world, mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. We just watched portal hopping and nazis and all this stuff exactly 
Yeah, it doesn't matter. So all this was great. So I guess until next time. Up, up, and away.